Uh, if you have your Bibles this morning, go ahead and turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 4. Uh, we'll get there in a second, but that way you're, you're looking for that, 2 Kings chapter 4. Title of the message this morning, and maybe you've been here as I mentioned this title. What do you do when you don't know what to do? What do you do when you don't know what to do? Probably in life, we've all experienced those moments. What do I do when I don't know what to do? And we need to be reminded that God does extraordinary things in the lives of ordinary people who are willing to trust him with what they have. And so this morning, um, you know, have you ever found yourself in a situation where you just where you just didn't know what to do. Maybe you had a big decision to make. Maybe you were faced with a major crisis. Maybe it's a wayward child. Maybe it's something that you did that was not the smartest thing, you know. Um, and, and not only you don't know how to get out of it, but you don't know, you know, you just don't know what to do next. And so... This morning, as we think about that, or as I said a moment ago, if you're a parent, you know what it's like if your son or your daughter is acting out, making some bad life choices, or facing some major life decisions. You know, it's, it's hard to know what to do. And so this morning, I believe in this passage of scripture that we're going to look at will help us to know what to do. We find in this passage that I'm going to read in just a second, uh, where a woman who is caught in, in life's contradictions, she's in the midst of a crisis, uh, she's coming face to face with the challenges of her time, and, and, and she's crying out. So look with me in 2 Kings in the Old Testament, chapter 4, and I'd like to read verses 1 through 7. One of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, has died. You know that your servant feared the Lord. Now the creditors is coming to take my two children as his slaves. Elisha asked her, What can I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? She said, your servant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. Then he said, go out and borrow empty containers from all of your neighbors. Do not just get a few. Then go in and shut the door behind you and your sons and pour oil into all of the containers. Set the full ones to one side. So she left. After she had shut the door behind her and her sons, they kept bringing her containers, and she kept pouring. When they were full, she said to her son, bring me another container. But he replied, there aren't any more. Then the oil stopped. So she went and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debt. You and your sons can live on the rest. Maybe you have read this story before. Maybe you say, well, preacher, how does this answer 
the question before us this morning in the sense of knowing what to do when you don't know basically what to do. Well, the first thing that we find that this lady did is that she asked for help. You know, a lot of times in life, sometimes we are hard. Uh, maybe it's pride, maybe it's other things that we do not want to ask for help. But she cried out for help. When the, when the phrase there is as one of the wives of the sons of the prophet cried out, this is, it, this is important in the sense that, that she's saying, hey, I, I, I'm in dire straits here. And we find that she was, because part of it is that her husband had died. She was a widow. And also, you got to remember that in those days, the men controlled everything. And the, the, the man was the head of the house. And, and the ladies didn't have a lot of, in the sense of, say, what was going to be done. And it, when the man of the house died, usually that meant the income also stopped. She didn't have a voice per se, in her community. Women were not listened to. And so we find that she didn't know what to do. She was in a fix. She knew that the creditors were coming and said, we're going to take your children. Now, we don't know if the husband had made debts or she had made debts. And we don't know that in the story. But she had lost her husband. She had lost her money. And she was now in danger of losing her children. Can you even imagine that? I know sometimes when our ladies lose their husbands, even today, it's a difficult time. Because, first of all, they've been married for a very long period of time, most likely. They're used to each other, and now they don't have that. I remember a lady that, that uh, was from the area uh, where Kathy and I first pastored, and, and uh, this couple, the husband died unexpectedly, and, and the, the, the wife, she was just, she worked, so she had some income, but, but she, her husband always filled up her car. She had to learn how to fill up her car. She had to ask her son, can you take me and show me how to fill up my car? You know what I'm talking about? In other words, the husband did these certain things, and there's other things like that. Sometimes some widows are in the situation where, you know, they don't know about their finances because the husband did it. He balanced the checkbook. He made the investments. The husband dies. The widow is left, and not knowing is an it's a feeling, what? It's a, nobody likes that feeling, and so sometimes it's, what do I do? Well, the first thing that you do is that you ask, and here she went to Elisha because her husband, you might want to say, was a minister. He was in a minister and was part of, of what Elisha was doing, and so she appealed for help, and she went to Elisha. We find that this crying out for help is, you can, in 2 Kings, you find this about eight different times where people... Uh, uh, we're crying out to God for help. And we need to see today that it's important for us when we reach that moment when we really don't know what to do, are we willing to cry out to God for help? Isaiah, there was a time in his life 
in the 64th chapter. He said, Oh, that you would render the heavens and come down. Come down to make your name known among your enemies. Isaiah was a point in his ministry where he was just desperate for God to intervene. What about Bartimaeus? We've talked about him in the last few weeks in Mark's gospel where he was sitting by the side of the road and he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. You see, throughout the Bible, people have cried out to God. We need to see today when we are in that position, when we don't know what to do and we don't know where to turn, the first thing we need to do is ask God for help. As we think about that, Sometimes I've had people, well, preacher, there's a lot of needy people. I'm, I'm just too proud to call God for help. But he is the one that we should call out to. You know, and, and so we need to realize that God is the one. Jesus, our Lord, is the one. But many times our pride will stand in the way. And so the thought is that to, to, where, to where do you go? To whom or to what do you go? When life is tumbling in, what do you do? You know, being in ministry for a while, it's amazing what people will do when they're in trouble. Some people will go and, and consult their horoscope to see if the stars are aligned, if they're going to have some good days or not. Other people go to the advice column, and they look at the advice column, and they'll put something in and to see what advice they get. Or let's say today the modern, modern advice column is Facebook. People have troubles, they post them. They post it all. And then they're waiting for comments. Have you read some of those comments? If you have a problem, don't put it on Facebook. Okay, don't put it on Facebook. We need to see that when we are facing problems and we don't know what to do, that we need to cry out to God. I know sometimes people say, well, preacher, that means we're really desperate. Well, that's okay. We need to cry out to God. So the first thing we do is that we need to ask. The second thing we need to do is that we need to listen. Here we find that this lady, you know, she cried out. There, you know, one of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out. She, she stated what was happening. She said, my husband has died. You know him. Okay. And then look at verse 2. Elisha asked her, what can I do for you? Tell me what do you have in the house? You see, the second thing to do is when we don't know what to do is, is just in this moment, Elisha was saying, tell me what you need. Tell me what I need to do. Tell me. In other words, he wanted to listen to what was taking place. She told, told Elisha that he said, all I have is a small jar of oil. That's all I've got. And, and, and she went on about her sons, and she went out about all those things. And, and she said, but all I have is this small jar of oil. Now, some of you might say this is meddling, but is there a difference between listening and hearing? <laughs> 
You know who were quick to answer that? The women. The men are still thinking about it. Listening and hearing. You know, first of all, the problem isn't an issue whether God is still speaking. We know God is still speaking. God speaks to us through the testimony of Scripture, through the witness of the Holy Spirit. God speaks to us through men and women, servants of God who He brings into our lives. He, he instructs us. But you know, there is a difference. The women are right. There's a difference between listening and hearing. And, and those of you that are married... <laughs> or used to be married, uh, can tell a, know that there's a difference between when your spouse is hearing you and when they're actually listening to you. Once there was a lady, she, her, her, a wife, she was in the other room, and the husband was watching football. And the wife said, oh, I've cut myself. And the husband knew that she said something, and his response was, well, that's nice. <laughs> what was he doing? You know, there, there's a difference between listening and, and hearing, of understanding what has taken place. You know, there's a combination between listening and obeying. You know, throughout Scripture, it, it talks about, you know, to hear or to listen uh, Deuteronomy 6, 4 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. God is also saying, Obey Israel. You know, he, he is speaking to us, and, and are we listening? Are we hearing what God has? Are we listening to the voice of God in our life? Are we trusting in Him? So we also need to listen. The third thing that we need to do when we're faced with, when we don't know what to do, we ask God, we listen, and then we trust. Are we trusting God? Where are you putting your trust? Look at verse 3. Then Elijah said, go out and borrow empty containers from all of your neighbors. Don't just get a few. Now, just make sure you're up with the story. She told Elisha that she had what? A small jar of oil. Basically, from, from the Hebrew words that are there, basically she had one serving of oil left. Okay? That's all she had. In other words, she could make one more batch if it was bread or whatever it was. That's all she had. Now Elisha is saying, go out and get all the jars that you can get. So she sent her sons out there, and, and the words being used here are not small jars. It's like storage size, you know, like the biggest jars that you can find. And you say, well, maybe, you, maybe you'll, you'll say, well, why? Well, again, this is where the trust. Elisha was sharing with her what to do. He gave her instructions. And, and you can imagine, you know, thinking, man, my husband's dead. I have no money. The creditors are coming. And now he wants me to take the last bit of oil that I have that I can make bread with. And, but she, she didn't. She listened, and then she trusted the servant of God. Guys, there comes a time in our life that we must be willing to trust our almighty God. We've got to be willing to trust that. And so she did. She put her trust 
in the, the man of God there, and, and she went out, and her sons and all of them uh, got the, the jars, and they began to pour that out. Jill Briscoe wrote this little word in the sense it's entitled, A Little Pot of Oil. She said, sometimes it takes a crisis in our life to test our faith, to show us the limits of our own strength and the sufficiency of our own strength and the sufficiency of God's provision. But we don't learn that lesson if we just sit around and wait for God to take care of us. We have to step out, pour out, trusting that the Holy Spirit will fill us and give us what we need to continue. It is easier to trust God when the weather is fair than when the rain is falling and the storms is raging. It's easier to trust God when everything in life is moving in the right direction, when you're getting into that school, when you're getting that promotion, when your kids are going higher and doing better. But what? But will... I'm sorry, but will you trust him when the bottom drops out, when the sky is falling, when sorrow buffets you like a storm, when you feel like life is at ebb's tide? Will you trust God? You know, that's the question this morning, isn't it? That was the decision the widow had to make. Was she willing to trust God? And then we come to that point where, you know, basically, will we decide hey, God is still in control in this world today. Even though, it, 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 you know, the others are saying other things, but God is still in control and the importance of trusting him. And so we find that this widow woman took the little bit that she had, followed the instructions of God's servant, and as the boys brought the jars in, she just started pouring. Now, she only had a little bit. She just started pouring. And as long as there were jars there, she filled every one. In other words, God was providing. Because all she had was a little. If it was a big jar, she filled it. If it was a whatever size jar, she filled it. She filled it and filled it and filled it. We don't know how many jars. But when her son came to her and said, Mom, that's it, the oil stopped flowing. Isn't that amazing? All she had was a small jar of oil. Another thing that we need to realize, what God, how God works and what he can do. Sometimes we cry out, God, I don't know what to do. And I understand that. And sometimes we say, but God, I have nothing. It is amazing what God can do with nothing. And here we find again exactly what God does. And God blesses her and gives her enough oil that she pays off her debt and has enough to live off of. Isn't that amazing? We need to see how God is so good and how God provides. Reminded throughout the Old Testament, there was a time, remember when David, all he had was a little slingshot, but God provided the victory. When Jesus came to this earth and many people looked at Jesus and said, man, he doesn't have much, but what he had was his father and it changed this world completely. Guys, we need to see this morning when we don't know what to do, we need to realize the importance of asking God, going to him, going to our Lord and Savior, going to him and then listening to him and trusting in him. Back in, oh, 
Back in the 90s, there was a young man. He robbed a bank. He was desperate for money. He thought robbing a bank was his only avenue. He got $6,000 from the bank as he robbed that bank. But in a short period of time, he was arrested. The gun was put into evidence, and, and he was sentenced to six years in jail. Later, the officer was looking at this revolver, was looking at this gun. And as he looked at it, he realized it wasn't just a regular gun. It, it, it was an antique this young man owned a 45 caliber Colt semi-automatic pistol, one of only 100 made by the Ross Rifle Company in Quebec City in 1918. At that time, the pistol was worth $100,000. He robbed a bank and got six, or what did I say? Yeah, six, and got six years. And he had $100,000 in his hand. You know, he looked at it and it was just a gun. Sometimes at our home we think, man, all I have is this. We need to see that God is able and God is able to show us those things. And so when we are faced and we will be faced with those things that we just don't know what to do, don't forget to ask God and go before him. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for your word. Lord, we just ask that you would guide us. Lord, that you would lead us. Lord, show us the direction. And Lord, may we see those extraordinary things that you do each day and how you do them in such a way that, you're, that, Lord, that we just need to see the, the way to, and be willing to trust you. And, Lord, whatever the situation is, not that it's going to be an instant answer, but, Lord, you will provide. And, Lord, may we trust you the way that we should and give you all honor and glory. Lord, I ask this in your son's name. Amen.